The Chiefs get a massive win against the Las Vegas Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, they did. The Roomba. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. I'm confirmed that it is a live edition of the KC Laboratory, presented Most by Emprise Bank member FDIC. We're having way too much fun on this show before it even starts, Matthew Lane. I mean, do we always have fun on this show before it starts? Um, before, after, during? This is a this is a this is a grand time to hang out here with my uh, buddies. You can tell we are all in a great mood because the Kansas City Chiefs finally looked like a competent NFL team yet again, Craig. Yes, the offense finally did a thing, and we rejoice because of it. Where was this rejoicing when the defense has been doing things all year oh long? My God, this That's guy. the question that I have to ask, but. It was good to see the office join the party this week. Can't, I gotta make a motion. I, I I think Craig's overplayed the we're downplaying the defense card. I think I think it's officially overplayed. I'm usually on his side. I think we have now flipped the script. Craig is I'm just gonna wait and see how long it was until everybody got sick of me being like, we never talk about the thing that we talk about all the time because they're great. You know, <laughs> we're, we're done. I'm putting a ban on defensive talk. I'm joining kid's side. You're on your own now, dang. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna enjoy not being ganged up on for once. <laughs> like, this is nice. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get used to. This. I mean, we should play. Useful Regis should make an appearance right now. Like right now is how that. He's too busy covering only the defense. <laughs> Thank you all so much for hanging out with us tonight. We really appreciate all your support of us here. At Casey Sports Network. Uh, also, I, I think it's obviously something that's very important to us. That is, you know, we've got, I think, another week and a half left. Uh, the Soul of KC raffle is live right now. And week we have day. a week we, to the day. A week to the day. You have a week left to get your entries into the Soul of KC raffle. We have all kinds of great prizes that you can win signed helmets, signed jerseys. Holiday just came in big time with an incredible VIP tour tasting with the master distiller, also BJ Kissel. Uh, so all kinds of great stuff. And we'd love for you to consider donating to that. All of the um, all the proceeds go to Operation Breakthrough in KC. Um, it's something that's very dear to all of our hearts. Um, it's something that um, we've you know, we've been supporting since we started KC Sports Network. Uh, and what we do is we go buy a bunch of um, things that people need, um, a bunch a bunch of things that, you know, kids need. Uh, and it, it helps support underprivileged kids in the KC area. So it's very important to us. Please consider donating. There's links in the description of the show, whether you're listening, whether you're watching. Um, please uh, consider donating. 20 bucks gets you one ticket entry, I think, 50 gets you five, a hundred gets you 15. So let's, let's, Rasheed, I think the joke was Rasheed Rice went over a hundred yards last week, this week. Uh, just, just, you know, throw a hundred in there. Give yourself some good chances mm -hmm. at, uh, at winning some prizes. But and I appreciate everybody that has supported to this point. And we'll shout anybody that donates during the show. 
So we will we'll give you guys all some shout-outs. Okay. Just mentioned Rasheed Rice. We've talked a little bit about this offense. Man, I, I tell you what, uh, it's been it was a lot of fun watching that game, going back, watching that game a little bit. Obviously, slow start. Well, here we go again. Very short stint where the offense was kind of sputtering two, two different possessions, three and out, four and out. But man, the things got going in a big, big way. And I was just, it was so, it was refreshing to see. And I, I think there's reason for optimism that this can be something that will be a building block for the remainder of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess let's start. Let's start with the game first, and we can kind of look at going forward. Uh, the Chiefs, hey, we we kind of all made jokes. Uh, the Chiefs really did simplify the offense, right? They really dialed it back, and they, th- I think we'd already seen signs of them kind of doing that. I think you saw less op- like pure option routes besides Travis Kelsey. I think you saw them trying to dial into more just like, hey, this is your route, go run it, and they left in some significant coverage or leverage adjustments. But the problem was even those changes up till that point weren't being cashed in on. They were still having miscommunications. They were still misreading stuff. So it felt like for this game, they took away everything. They simply said, here is the play design. Y'all go run this. Even Travis Kelsey, I was just watching it earlier tonight. He didn't really ad lib near as much as he normally does. And some of that is I'm not I'm not going to pretend to be near as smart as he is at understanding coverages here. But like sometimes you can kind of see what he sees and why he adjusted the way he did. I didn't really see any situations like that where he was just adjusting his route on the fly to find more open space. It kind of seemed like top-down, they were trying to run it out a little bit more basic, even to the point to where there was a cover zero rep, or the Raiders showed cover zero kind of in the Chiefs' second drive. It was the deep pass to Watson where he hits the collision. Travis Kelsey comes across wide open on the crosser. Mahomes was hot. Justin Watson doesn't adjust his route at all, but you can tell Mahomes was planning to throw hot. Nobody runs anything for him. Nobody is open quickly to account for the fact that the Raiders could rush more guys than the Chiefs could block. The plan was still to just run the route that was called. Zero adjustments were being made. It was just running the route that was called. The unfortunate collision kind of throws off the timing of that, right? But it's just, I do think they simplified it. And hey, it's hard to argue with results. They finally got to the 30-point mark again. It, it may not have been the prettiest offense you've ever seen, but they got there. Yeah. Diana Rossini said before the game, basically, that they were going to dumb it down, that they were going to... Well, she didn't say those exact words. I, I know I keep referencing that. The words she used were, we were going, we're going to make it easier for these young wideouts to play fast, which is code for... We're going to simplify the route tree. We're going to simplify what their side adjustments are. We're going to simplify everything in the offense. And again, like I said yesterday, yeah, let's go with that. Like at this point, like trying to build off of the foundational pieces that Andy Reid brings to the table every week was not working for these young wideouts. Just wasn't. Whether that be because, you know, they're not advancing at the level that they think. They just they're they're struggling with some of the route concepts. They need another offseason to kind of get some of this stuff down. It just needed to adjust. We talk about Andy Reid, his ability to adjust all the time. This was a much needed adjustment. Now, what that also means is it's a little easier for defenses. Like we're going to be talking about this a little bit more as the weeks, you know continue on here we'll see if they get to layer on some of those foundational things some of the more complex route tree elements you know some of that stuff that Andy Reid is known for 
we're going to wait and see if that gets reintroduced. But they needed this confidence builder either way. Like, I don't care that it was basic against the Raiders. They needed something to go right, to feel like it could go right. And I, I think it was very, very, very telling that on Rasheed Rice's big touchdown that he scored, the first two people to come over to him were Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And it wasn't from a standpoint of, yeah, let's high five and get over to the sideline. They were having a conversation with him in the moment. And I don't know what the conversation was, but it looks a lot more serious than just, hey, great job, man. Let's get over to the sideline and celebrate and talk about it later. It was more of a do more of that. That's exactly what we need from you. That was, you know, it it felt more intentional that they were celebrating the way that he handled himself, the way that that was executed, the way that he was able to create after the catch. They need more of that to build that confidence so that they can start layer those layering those other route concepts on top of it. I think you've seen some of the commentary kind of start to pivot towards they see Rashi Rice as a guy that can really take big steps and be part of the solution to this offense figuring things some things out. Like that is starting to become a take that exists within how we structure and how the conversation wants to be directed by the Chiefs and by the sources that have access to the Chiefs, right? Like, I think it's been identified, like, and I think anybody that's been watching the Chiefs kind of, I see, it's like, yeah, that's the guy that you, you think can really, um, you know, can really take those steps and really be the guy that, you know, kind of helps, you know, accelerate the, you know, the, the offense back into a more consistent rhythm, a more consistent um, <laughs> explosive version of itself. I think there's, I have a lot of thoughts um, because like, I think there are, I, I'm, I'm going to see if I'm going to go macro or if I'm going to go micro first. I'll go macro first. We were talking a little bit about this today when it comes to play calling. The Chiefs definitely schemed up some stuff to simplify things, easy completions, easy opportunities for their playmakers to make plays, all that kind of stuff. It was great. Um, we were having some conversations about some of the other teams in the NFL today, all of us were. And one thing that we probably don't appreciate enough is how the best teams are able to pace their play, play calling for the length of a season, to set up their play calling for the length of the season, to pay it off in the biggest moments, to break their tendencies at the biggest moment. And, you know, I think... Like, I think you saw that, yes, like the down, like Craig, to Craig's point, the downside of all this is predictability because I think the screen game was getting, was getting sniffed out pretty quickly. And every, it got, by the end of that game, I think the screen game was, you know, was going to have its struggles, you know, and they, they tried to get some really easy completions. They tried, they were going to try to hit Rashi Rice on a quick one. You know, they had some stuff that they were trying to try to get cooking. There are, you know, the, we'll see if this if this team has a lot enough in the tank for the longevity of the season. But I think the fact that they went eight and three without oversimplifying too much, and they're getting into the home stretch, there's at least some reasons for optimism that they will be able to build. They'll be able to pay off stuff that they've already shown, and be able to generate enough offense while this group still continues to grow built like this is going to be a growth and a build through the regular season into the playoffs there's still things that this team's going to have to do better but i do think that this team has enough bullets 
that they'll be able to generate offense. And even if it's simplified, I still think they're going to be able to figure some things out better than what they're trying to do and what they try to do for a, a large chunk of the season. Uh, yeah, I, I think we'll, I guess we can just keep moving on, like uh, looking forward from this and then we'll circle back to the game. Uh, I, I think, again, this provides like a baseline. I, I don't think that this offense can be this for the rest of the year and mm-hmm. beat good teams. I mean, I one, I think we're going to get a big test over, well, man, the Packers defense hasn't been great. The Bills defense has been really bad since all of their injuries hit. So I don't know if they're really going to have that good defensive test for a little while. The Bills, the Bills could at least put this game into a shootout type situation sure. where this offense is going to have to execute even if it maybe is the best we'll, defense. We'll get there, but the Bills also have kind of reverted back to the play soft shells and let stuff go underneath, which is what this entire offense was this past week when it was an that game. Right. We'll see when we get to that game. There's a lot of time still for that. I just, I, I'm curious to see what the next step is because they didn't try to push the ball downfield hardly at all. Yeah, there was one play to Justin Watson that was probably missed because Mahomes was on Kelsey a little too long. That happened, but outside that, they really didn't try to, nor could they push the ball downfield. Since week nine, Mahomes has completed one pass over 20 yards, and that's not a must, but like you start going through the season, not everything can be built off of screens and mesh concepts. You can't build an entire offense that goes to the Super Bowl on just those things. Something else has to pick up. The Raiders were still throwing on only third downs, and that's why I think most of Kelsey's success happened on early downs. They were still doubling Kelsey a lot on third downs. Something else needs to hit, whether that's the run game has to be a lot better than it was, whether that's another wide receiver has to step up, some kind of route concepts or personnel package that just allows for a little bit more fluidity to the thing. Like, Rasheed Rice was great, but everything he did was kind of like, hey, you're the first read on this play, the ball's coming to you, and that's it. He wasn't really getting passes or looks deeper into a progression. He wasn't the second, the third read on a play that they were running stuff, kind of reading it out. And now, so it's just, I, I'm curious to see what the next step is. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's worth noting that this performance that we saw versus the Raiders needs another step before I'm ready to say, okay, they figured something out here. I just think we can yeah. see the path now. And that's all. Yeah, absolutely. It, it would be like reacting to the Chicago Bears game and saying, they're fixed. And then, oh, wait a minute. No, they're so not fixed. fixed. I do think that, I think one of the things that's maybe a little bit more inspiring on top of that, you know, because I agree with everything you guys just said there, is that they didn't do it with a whole bunch of turnover short fields scenarios where they were set up in a positive light. They had to drive the length of the field, sustain drives. Mm -hmm. They have not been able to do that this year. It's been so frustrating to watch them kind of peter out. You know, at one point, and you know, Maddie, you and I were on the KCSN Discord and we were talking a little bit about this. They got to a first and 20. And it was a scenario where we went, okay, let's see what happens here because I don't trust this offense to come back from a first and 20 anymore. And that's scary. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Like it used to be automatic. Oh, hey, 10 yard penalty. Who cares? Like it's not that big of a deal. It's why we're talking about Jawan Taylor getting penalties as much as we are because. Those are drive killers now. Just even simple five-yard penalties are drive killers. And on that set of downs, they get a big chunk play on a first down. Rasheed Rice scores a touchdown after picking up the first down. It's it, it was good to see that they finally were able to get one of those back in the win column again. There's a lot of little things like that that are just simply execution-based. Yeah, you first read. It's an easy read for Patrick Mahomes, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And an A.P. read offense is an easy read for Patrick Mahomes, and he's able to make it happen. But 
the protection held up. Patrick Mahomes finds a man. He catches the ball. He reads the blocker well on the open field. That stuff is not happening routinely enough for this offense, and it did yesterday. And that's all the stuff that you build off of. That's all the stuff that you lay forward and move forward with. Yeah, you can't build the entire offense out of screens. We've seen that Andy Reid offense before. (laughs) It's not fun to watch. Now, they got better offensive line to run at this time, but it's still not fun to watch. So there will be more. Andy Reid is too creative. Andy Reid also knows that in his bag of tricks, he has enough in the arsenal to beat anybody. You know, we we talk about all the time, all these offensive play callers tailoring game plans and things like that. Andy Reid doesn't specifically target guys. He just says, I'm going to run my stuff and it's better than your defense. And guess what? It is. He's not going to be content to sit on the simple stuff for very long. We're going to move off of it pretty quick. This offense is going to move off of it pretty quick. I fully believe that. But maybe another week or two that we do see maybe more of the basic stuff. And get more confidence, get more comfortability. Confidence for Mahomes thrown to some of these guys. Confidence for the guys catching the passes to be able to make plays. Um, and you're right. Like I, I can talk about Rashid and just, you know, hey, look, you're right. Maddie's right. Like it wasn't a ton of like, hey, let's throw all these plays in structure. But it was like, let's get our best playmaker in the receiver room opportunities with the ball in his yeah. hands. And it wasn't just like an under route or a screen. Like, hey, look, they threw a fade. They're, they're, they're like, that's even a sign, I think, of some stuff where it's like, you know what? Like, let's just, let's try some stuff here to include one of our best players. Let's just, like, it, yeah, you're right. It's, it's stand up, throw a fade. You know, it's your one on one. If you like it, throw it. It's not a progression. Yeah. It's a, if you like it, throw it. That's fine. Get a couple they of those. Check out in of there. a couple. Yeah, they checked yeah. out of a couple. There was a couple times Mahomes looked at it and said, nah, he got stacked up trying to release and, and turned it down, right? Like, but putting that in there and giving that, and letting it be Rasheed Rice and not MVS that's that read, that's not Justin Watson that's that read, that's what matters because that is how you start to incorporate Rice into more stuff. I, this, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, I no, think that this does is great. matter. Because he was, I mean, there were times where he wasn't getting open. He was getting stuffed by Amik Robertson at times in press. And like, that's okay. If as long as they're going to keep trusting him to do it. And then he came back and he dropped one and they came back to it again and he made it count. Right. So like just giving him those opportunities, I do think is something that had been missed up to that point. Now you hopefully see his role start to expand. Although as a rookie, I don't know if he's ever going to be much more than a guy that you design a play for and then move on. And that's fine as a rookie. I don't want to say that's a bad thing. It's just, I don't know how much more there will be, but it was nice to see, even though it wasn't working every single time they called it, they kept going back to it. That limited rookie is going to, is pacing for 850 receiving yards right now. Boy, I, 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 we're going to take every single one of those yards. <laughs> yeah, like they're going to need every single one of those yards. You're gonna, you, they do. They absolutely do. I think one thing you you mentioned in MVS, and I think one thing that's kind of interesting just with the, the conversation is no McCall Hardman and no Kadarius Tony. Now, obviously, like from a role perspective, they may not necessarily be eating into each other all that much, but there still is enough overlap with the way the Chiefs do some stuff that they can't eat into the snap counts of each other. I, MVS, 53% of the snaps, 32 snaps total. His lowest total snap count on the season, second lowest percentage on the year, I believe, with two receivers out. I found that a little bit interesting, where even though they're a little bit shorthanded at the receiver, there was a concerted effort to fade MVS. One dark, I want to congratulate all... I don't want to... This is going to sound too snarky, but we all had more receiving yards than... 
MVS last night. Um, that's a little too, uh, but I'm just like, it is interesting to me, you know, like that it's, I, I watched, I think the first play of the game was Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey, Justin Watson, Rishi Rice, Isaiah Pacheco. And I said, that's the best personnel group. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's their best. That is it. That is their best personnel grouping right there. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting to see some of the rotational stuff. I, MVS being faded out was very notable for me considering how shorthanded this group was. I don't know if they can ever fully fade him out because he's their only no. guy that runs deep routes. I mean, even now, McCall Hardman does a little bit, but they even when they brought McCall Hardman before one, he's on IR now, but like they weren't trusting him with the majority of it. MVS is the only guy they said deep, and I understand that like, hey, he hasn't been good at it this year, but he's still the only guy that does it. Again, Mahomes completed one pass over 20 yards since week nine. Like, that's not great. That's not something you want to continue. They do need someone that can still stretch the field. Justin Watson does it a little bit, but it's a lot more on corners or crossers. Like, he's not a guy they just send vertically deep downfield. So I I don't think MVS will get completely phased out. Unless Craig had more on the wide receivers, I did want to transition to another part. And it's something that Kent had said at the end of the postgame. Um... We didn't talk enough about Patrick Mahomes on the post-game throw game show and how good he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would talk about simplifying the offense down. Like, yeah, that certainly happened. But if you go back and watch, Mahomes was playing so much on time, like so very on time with what was being simplified. When something wasn't open, he was getting off of it immediately. And when the next thing wasn't open, he wasn't hanging around to see if that guy was going to go find space. Knowing that's not the emphasis right now, he was scrambling. He was looking to create and go run or go find somebody else or immediately find the check down. Everything he did was so quick and fast the entire game. And yeah, I think once or twice he probably hung on Travis Kelsey a tiny bit too long. That's okay. Like you're going to get over that. That's going to happen to every team. It's just watching it back. I really thought that more than the throws, more than anything he did physically, he was just operating very uh, perfectly on time throughout the game. He was getting off of plays when he needed to. He was making the right decision to where when the first read was going to be open and taking it, he was taking care of the football. I think he turned down some throws he would traditionally try to make. They just didn't want to turn the ball over given where they had been so far this year. I really think that this is one of Mahomes' better games of the year, and the stat line kind of bears it out, but I don't think it does enough justice to how well I thought he played. Yeah, and maybe some of that is because of more of the simpler concepts where he's on time with some of the simpler stuff, whereas if it was a little more complex, maybe that goes for a little more yardage. He's able to see some of that stuff a little bit more. Yeah, he missed a couple of deep shots. We, you know, pressure got home maybe a little bit before he was ready to pull the trigger or something like that. There there were a couple instances of that that were on the table, but by and large, he, he was really fantastic, like manipulated the pocket well, did a good job of staying out of the line of fire other than one sack by Max Crosby there who eventually got home. It was just, it it was cohesive. Like, again, we, we talk about how it just felt different. It looked different. It was because he's on time. He's getting the ball out on time. He's getting it, you know, two guys at the right spot in the route. We talk all year about how he's getting back to the top of his drop and he's hitching and he's hitching again. He just doesn't know where he needs to go because he's, He's moving on from this progression before this guy comes open, and it it just wasn't right. It just didn't feel like Patrick Mahomes, and this felt like a normal Patrick Mahomes game. Not necessarily one where you're like, wow, that is MVP-level stuff by any means, but this is the quality that we've come to expect from this level of player consistently. Like This was his 
average game that we've just been used to in the past. And to see it come up again, and again, his best performance of the year here gives you a little bit of confidence that he's gaining that confidence, that he's going to feel more like himself again, because he hasn't felt that way. He hasn't felt comfortable in those sorts of scenarios. So to see any form of comfortability for an entire game is just a huge bonus, huge bonus for this offense. I think the dirty secret about Mahomes' Super Bowl or his MVP last year is it was just the quiet efficiency that was kind of yes. boring. He's kind of he was he didn't have to rely on you know some of the things that have made him so good, you know, and what took the league by storm with all the creativity and that of structure and like we've talked about this a lot, but like. It was just command, cool, confidence, control. I don't know. Uh, just he just accuracy, ball placement, all that stuff. Like that was those were the things that really stood out last year. It wasn't necessarily just all these left-handed behind the back no look throws. It was just I am good at everything. I am smarter than anyone on the field right now, and I'm going to just dice you up. Um, I think when you simplify some things, I actually think that can put more on your quarterback at times. I mean, so screen game, sure, like that makes some things that makes some things easier and all that stuff. But sometimes you don't have a ton of options, like a ton of great options when you're simplifying stuff because you're not getting a ton of route adjustments, right? So now you've got to be comfortable, confident, stepping up and throwing a dot on a fade route to to Rishi Rice. You've got to be a little bit more consistent with some of those things that are boring when you're, you know, maybe simplifying some of the play calling. So I thought it was a fantastic, unimpressive, beautiful, boring Patrick Mahomes game that also still had one of those, I can't believe he's capable of doing that throw. But like, I, it, I'll, I'll take it. Like, I was so thrilled to see that. I was so happy to see that. And whether or not, like, I mean, a lot of this is Mahomes is going to just have to do that more consistently, you know, and even if the scheme doesn't advance to just, you know, it's going to advance, but if it's not, you know, Mahomes is still going to make some things right. And so I think they actually put a little bit more on him in some regard, because if you're taking stuff away from other people, it's got to go somewhere. And I think Mahomes handled that perfectly. We're going to take a break and we'll be back right after this. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel. We'll get right back to the show. I just need a minute to share some important news, but as always, thank you for the support. The KCSN Foundation just launched our third annual Soul of KC Holiday Raffle and Toy Drive, and it benefits Operation Breakthrough's Christmas Store. This campaign has raised more than $35,000 over the past two years, helping provide a better Christmas for kids in our community. And it's simple. We sell raffle tickets for a chance to win any of the more than 20 fantastic prizes that we have available this year. It's things like a Travis Kelsey autographed full-size Chiefs helmet, or a Chris Jones autographed jersey, a George Karloftis jersey. How about a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet? We've got gift cards to local restaurants like Capitol Grill, Mission Taco Joint, or Third Street Social. 
You can find the full list of prizes on our social media accounts, or you can click the link in the description of this show. Again, all of the proceeds go to buying presents for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store, and you can get tickets now through December 4th. Help us continue to help others, because that's what the KCSN Foundation is all about. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a time of joy, but also extra added stress. Whether from travel, dealing with family, or financial stress, the holiday season can bring extra burden onto your life. Sometimes just having someone to talk to can help remove some of those feelings that you may have over the course of the holiday season. Therapy can be an opportunity for you to talk through some of those feelings, have a chance to make you feel extra grounded, or keep you level-headed. It can help you respond positively to situations. It can help you set boundaries, and it can help you take some weight off your chest. If you feel extra stressed this holiday season and are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this holiday season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thank you, everyone that's hanging out with us. Please feel free to hit the like button. Please feel free to hit the subscribe button. Please feel free to leave a five-star review for our show. And also, please consider donating to the Soul of KC. This is, you know, the big event that we have well, every Christmas time. It's a toy drive. It's a holiday raffle. All goes to Operation Breakthrough. Um, one ticket for $20, five tickets for $50, 15 tickets for $100, 25 tickets, and you get a gift for $150. And you get entries to all kinds of incredible gifts, signed helmets, signed jerseys, holiday has come in big with a, a big package. Um, worlds of fun, all kinds of just great prizes. Please consider donating. There's links in the description of this show. Please consider donating. It all goes to Operation Breakthrough. Maddie, is there anything else offensively that you 
just feel compelled to discuss before we move on to Craig's defense. How about unmuting yourself? I'm, I'm muted. That's cool. <laughs> I got there. Um, I, I, there's there's some stuff with the offensive line that I think still not clicking entirely right now. Um, it, Jawan Taylor, it seems like it's all mental stuff. On on the reps, you can pick out a handful of reps. You'd be like, oh, wow, Jawan Taylor's doing stuff that not very many offensive tackles in the NFL can do. Some of his pass pro reps against Max Crosby where he's just cutting off the angle like no one's business, throwing the hands, keeping his feet moving, they look perfect. It's teach tape stuff. And then there's a random holding penalty that he had no reason to get on one, Clyde's one of his really good one of his really good runs. Then there's, I mean, the false start, him and Donovan Smith got, got it, so maybe that was a miscommunication. But like, still, he's leading the league in penalties now, and it just seems to keep happening. And every now and then, he seems to just be laid out, not laid out of a stance, but late getting up the arc when we know there isn't an athletic limitation. Just It seems like he has a couple mental lapses every single game that lead to significant negative plays for him and the team. On the other side... Donovan Smith maybe doesn't have the mental lapses, but boy, there are some plays where he just physically cannot do it. I and mean, there's plays, and I think Donovan Smith, the biggest issue that I've seen with him in this Chiefs offense, anytime a play kind of goes beyond what's called, kind of goes beyond the basic two and a half seconds you expect the tackle to give you, it gets real rough off that left side. And you don't know if it's inside pressure, you don't know if it's outside pressure if you're Mahomes. Like, Donovan Smith struggles to block late into a rep. And we we talked a lot last year about Orlando Brown Jr. and maybe he wasn't the best fit for the Chiefs. Tell you what, he did a good job maximizing his size and his length late into passer up downs. So if he didn't get beat off the snap, he was usually pretty good. He wasn't giving up pressures late into the down and that was good for Mahomes. Donovan Smith has been really bad about that. And I think that's where we've kind of seen some of the the magic of Mahomes doing the crazy innovative stuff that Kent was talking about, like hasn't really been there. I think because he he just doesn't feel comfortable holding onto the ball late in the pocket. He doesn't feel comfortable always scrambling around back there or rather hanging out in the pocket longer because Donovan Smith has just been really bad. I mean, late in the down. So it's just, I think it's kind of becoming a clear pattern and trend. Jawan Taylor setting you back with negative plays on mental lapses. And Donovan Smith is just, I, I, you know, he's a one-year rental, so you can get by with it, but I do think there are times where it's really starting to become a little bit of a problem. It is. It is a little bit. And I I first of all, the the offside or the false start that they called on Jawan Taylor was one thousand percent on Creed Humphrey. You can see as he squats in there, he shifts the ball like he's about to snap it, and both tackles took off at the same time because they're both looking in because it's pretty loud. But you know, they that one's on him, but that doesn't excuse it. Like, it, Jawan Taylor's had way too many of those. The, me singling out one that isn't his fault is not, you know, anything <laughs> that that should be minimized here. I am curious to see if we see a change from Donovan Smith at all. Uh, yes, Orlando Brown Jr. did not play the way that Andy Heck wanted his offensive tackles to play. Like, at all. Like, he, he was just basically a body catcher and just hung on. And it worked. Like, it was one of those things that, especially early in the seasons, you could tell that the Chiefs were just like, okay, Orlando, play like this. We're going to try and get you integrated in the way that Andy Heck wants to play. And at a certain point, it was like, nah, just go back to what you're comfortable with. And that's what he was comfortable with. Donovan Smith plays a lot more like Andy Heck wants his offensive tackles to play, but he doesn't necessarily have the foot quickness to mirror late in the rep. That second pass rush move is the one that's going to get him. Now, he's a really physical presence like he will put a guy on his face like ask <laughs> both Jawan Taylor 
and Donovan Smith were snatching bodies in the, <laughs> in their own game. And, and Wanya Morris. Yeah, Wanya Morris had himself a pancake as well. So they, it was good to see those sorts of things. You can still see them playing physical. They still look pretty good. You know, they, they're yeah. more than functional, but, but it's not necessarily the bill of goods that we were sold on Juwan Taylor to this point. And it's kind of what we expected, maybe a little bit above what we expected from Donovan Ta- Donovan Smith at this point. So it is one of those that we're just keeping an eye on against good pass rushes. They got a pretty decent one coming up this week. So uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about that on Thursday. I am sure we are. Uh, anything else on offense? No, no, I'm not even going to give anybody else a chance. It's Craig's defense time. Boom. <laughs> The heel turn. When are we talking special teams? Tommy, woo, buddy, you sure turned around this week. Ah, uh, Tommy had a rebound game. That's that's for certain. Man, that's team. Those gunners were working, too. Field goal unit still looks good. Looked good all year. Keep the gunners up. were right. gunnering. I guess it's not that's about, well, right? That's, uh, that's about enough special teams. Tommy. And that's going to Oh, no, I've been for the whole show. Sorry. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah, I was gonna say we we are two minutes away from a kid podcast. That's- <laughs> no, see, here's the thing: people don't know this. Tucker's not here, so it can't actually end. So I felt safe making the joke. Mm. Ooh. That's, what, that's what you think. We can actually make this really the power. Let's see, we can make this really oh, uncomfortable for everybody too. Is we could just end the show, and it just is still running, and we're all gone, and Tucker comes back. He's like, you know, I've just. I would never do that. Let's talk defense. Come on, Craig. Tell me your best defensive takes. Oh, my best defensive takes. This was the exact same defense um, after the Josh Jacobs run that it has been all year long. And when I say that, I mean almost down to the decimal point uh, with their efficiency, success rate, yards per play on any given down, all of that. Like It really was a tale of them not waking up for the first 17 and a half minutes of the game. Like they were sleepwalking on defense through the beginning of this. I don't know if it was a scenario where they just had confidence. Like they watched this Raiders offense the same way that we all did and went, okay, as long as we bracket, you know, Devontae Smith, uh, Legarius has been really good against number one wide receivers. We feel really good about our ability to limit him. They can't do anything else on offense. So, why are we all that worried? We played better offenses, and the Raiders came out with an excellent game plan. Well, Jerry Sneed was not able to handle Devontae Smith, and through the first 17 minutes, things were really going Vegas's way outside of a missed short field goal there. And then in that moment, it just really did pivot. Like, they did a much better job. It was execution. Execution was better. They were calling a lot of the same stuff. They were dropping some of the slot blitzes. They were... You know, doing some BGAF stuff. Maddie talked about that yesterday. But by and large, they were calling the same stuff that they have all year. They were calling the same stuff that they did in the first 17 minutes. They were just executing better. They were filling gaps in the run game better. They were doing a better job of taking away some of the easy passes. Devontae Smith, his last catch came on a snap with 13 minutes and 23 seconds left in the second quarter. He went for... 70-something yards in 17 minutes, and then the Chiefs went, no, you're done. We are not allowing you to get to 100 yards. We're not allowing this to happen. It really was one of those that we look at on defense, and it's like, man, as a whole, this is not a particularly good performance because of that first 17 minutes that you can't excuse. But 
after that moment, when they flipped the switch, it really was just like the Chiefs defense that we've seen all year long. It was good. They executed well, even if it didn't have some of the hallmarks of the turnovers and the pressures and the sacks that we've seen. Almost to the letter, it was exactly what we've seen throughout the year. Yeah, I, I think the, to start the game, it kind of looked a little dicey there for the Chiefs for a little bit uh, because the execution from the Raiders was just fantastic. I, Aiden O'Connell came out and was like, hey, heat check time. Let me just throw some dimes into perfect coverage. Let me throw a, a silly decision trying to squeeze the ball in between a tight window on some yeah. kind of you know too high or cover two type rep. And it worked. And then as soon as those things stopped working for them, as soon as those things stopped hitting nonstop, as soon as Josh Jacobs doesn't bust off a 60-yard run because the linebackers pressed a little too far upfield, then all of a sudden the defense looked the same. They kind of shut him down. It didn't look... It didn't quite look as good as it had the past couple weeks. I don't think Spagnolo and the Chiefs were getting deep into the blitz package stuff. Like, they were doing some stuff, but they didn't seem like they were really relying on it, and that's when this defense has been at its best, is when the opposing offense doesn't know when pressure's coming, when it is, how it's coming, and so on. It felt like because the Raiders were under center so much, because they had the extra bodies in there to pick up any kind of blitzes that would then leave guys in one-on-one in the way the game started, it felt like they shied away a little bit from doing some of their blitz stuff based on the personnel and the formations the Raiders had. And, hey, guess what? They also play this team again here in a little while, right? Mm-hmm. They're also going to play them again. Why do you need to unload every pressure you're going to have? Do you? Re- I mean, we talk all the time about Andy Reid hiding stuff. I don't want. I don't think defensive coaches hide stuff near as much, and I especially don't think Spags does. No. But you want to tell me that Spags isn't going to show his most exotic stuff against the Raiders in Week 12? Yeah, I'll buy that. I can buy that he's not going to show Aiden O'Connell his best stuff. You're going to throw in a couple wrinkles. You're going to bring your slot blitz through the B gap instead of out wide. You're maybe not going to mug up both linebackers. Like so, I don't think the defense necessarily played vanilla. I just don't think they came in trying to throw an A plus their A plus things out there and just have a good game plan. And again, as soon as the Raiders got by the heat check to start the game, they got they got shut down. They kind of did nothing from that point on. And despite the fact that the heavy personnel, the under center stuff, did give the Chiefs base defense a couple problems because some of their linebacker play wasn't great against it. At the end of the day, it wasn't enough to provide a consistent like pushback to even what this version of the Chiefs offense was. It kind of felt like once the Chiefs hit that touchdown to start the second half, you felt this game was over. You probably even felt it going into halftime, the way yeah. the Rangers offense was <laughs> yeah. going. But you knew it after that first touchdown drive, right? It's just like, they shot their wad too early. The Chiefs countered, and it was ready to go. Uh, shout out HD Dreaming. Uh, for for dropping ten bucks, I'm sure that will be going oh. to uh to the foundation. Uh, so any of those will also be going. Craig, I do want to give you a chance to redeem yourself because you're getting absolutely murdered in the in the live chat. Uh, Raiders wide receiver Devonte Adams. Okay, you've been saying Smith the whole time. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just on autopilot there. I oh my fair. goodness. Yeah. To be fair. Devonte, uh, yo, hey, look, Donovan Smith. My bad. Donovan my bad, Smith. Everybody. Donovan Smith was one of the Chiefs' best receivers for well, one and game. And they just played Devonte. And they just played Devonte Smith, another wide receiver, Devonta so, Smith. But yeah, Devonte Adams. I am so sorry. He everybody. knows. On autopilot, I'm thinking about defense, not about offense. There's, there's celebration in the group chat right now, in the live chat. <laughs> Mike Stack, Bumpa BB, Jack Richards. It's they're they're having a good time. Love you, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> Donate to the KCS and Ref. 
You love Craig. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, what do you, what, Matthew, where do you want to go? It's your turn. Where do I want to go? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot to take uh, from this defense in this game because I don't think any good NFL offenses play the style of offense the Raiders do. So I most of what we saw was a bunch of under center, bunch of heavy personnel stuff, and and then it was just pure drop back off of that, right? And yeah. like it was the dropping back out of that. The only I don't you're not going to see that, and Chiefs aren't going to see that. So I don't know if there's a lot to take away other than the fact that I thought the Chiefs did a good job settling down once things didn't look great to start. Um, the safety room. I think this is probably the second week in a row where it hasn't been their best showing, right? So not that not that I am worried, but I would like to see Justin Reed. I would like to see Mike Edwards. Brian Cook, I don't think, was as big of a fault as some of these guys. But I would like to see Edwards and Reed kind of rebound here soon. It's been a couple weeks now where I don't think they've had their best games. So let, let's see those guys kind of rebound going forward. Mike Edwards looks like he's getting a few more reps just by the eye test or being used in different ways. And to start out, he, I mean, go back to the Miami game and stuff. He seemed like he was really stepping into that role really well. These past couple weeks, you know, the Eagles game, they kind of went at him the last two plays or he made a little bit of a mistake on one of them. This week, you know, he didn't have his best game. And then Justin Reed started pretty slow in this. One. I thought he had one of his worst games to start. And I put it in the KCS in Discord. Craig was talking about how Craig and I kind of hang out in there during the games. Justin Reed's been overall quality for the Chiefs this year. I think he sets a tone. I think he brings a physicality. He generally tackles pretty well. He does a lot of really good stuff for this team, and he has been a good safety. There's a couple drives this year that seem like the opponent only drives the football down the field because of Justin Reed misses, mistakes, bad plays in coverage, just not a lot, but there have been a couple that seem like it's almost been squarely on Justin Reed not, you know, not being quite good enough or missing a play. You know, you just want to hone those in. You don't want to have a whole drive. A play here and there, sure. Two or three plays in one drive, though, that lead to points, then it starts to get a little bit tricky. Yeah, it definitely seems like they're course correcting him after some of those drives. Like, it seems like they come off the field, yeah. sit down with Dave Merritt. They're like, hey, man, this is how they got you that drive. And it gets fixed. Like, it doesn't typically sustain for very long in the, in the game. There were a lot of worse than normal performances from the Chiefs defense this week. And so that's, I think, maybe why when you look at it a little bit, you know, from a broad perspective there, you say, okay, rebound from this. Mike Edwards, a couple weeks now, hadn't been great. Fully expect that he's going to rebound, especially as a third safety, but he is getting more reps now. And that's that's part of this as well, is he's playing a little bit more, so he's sticking out a little bit more on some of the mistakes and things like that that he's doing. You're seeing guys like Willie Gay Jr. not really look as great reading out the run from the under center stuff that the Raiders were doing. That's something that's probably going to go away as they continue to play more teams going forward here. But you, you've seen him be better than that. Even Drew Tranquil, who was very good on the date, had a couple of plays where it's like, ooh, he got a little aggressive in that gap. A little bit, you know too quick to trigger in that instance on that particular play for that one. Brian Cook had a tackle that he missed as well. Trip McDuffie was largely good, but still had a couple of moments. Doesn't play the ball, you know, in air. That's something that's, you know, just going to plague him throughout his career, unfortunately. But there are things that we can nitpick about most of the guys that played on defense this week in a way that maybe we don't see from a week-to-week basis. And the fact that they're still able to show up and shut down this offense the way that they were able to after they allowed them to start hot there, 
speaks volumes to what the level of play that we expect from these players is. Like, it is higher. We talk about holding Patrick Mahomes to maybe a little bit higher standard than everybody else. We're starting to hold these defenders to a higher standard than everybody else throughout the season so far. So it's a good thing and a bad thing. You're double-edged swords. So and when you see a guy miss a tackle or a guy miss an assignment, you're like, oh, man, like that's not, we're not used to that. Whereas in previous years, that would have just been a little more commonplace. So it's an improvement. I expect that we're going to see a better performance moving forward here. This is not what this defense has been. So, you know, continue to build learning moments, teaching moments. I'm sure Steve Spagnuolo and company are excited to have them because they haven't had a whole lot of games that they could point to this season and say, okay, we got to fix X, Y, and Z. They got plenty of examples this week. Drew Tranquil played 100% of the snaps this week. Crazy. I I don't want to see him leave the field. <laughs> and I don't want him to see him leave the field when Nick Bolton returns either. Like, it's got to be Willie Gay, right? Like, Oh, we riot. We riot if Drew Tranquil comes off the field for a, like, for a significant amount of Nick Bolton. There's, the only time it's acceptable is in dime. Do- and even then, I don't want to see it. That's, but if we that's what I was going to say. Do we think we, that... We, we don't freak out. We don't freak out if that happens. We just accept that, you know, Nick Bolton probably probably understands a system that he has been part of for longer, that he has called very well, and that he has made plays in. That said, if we start seeing Drew Tranquil come off for nickel or base reps, we riot. Because he has been the best linebacker this team has seen for the past two years. Easily. He's been so good. And, like, this isn't knocking anybody else. It's just he's literally been that good. Yeah. It's just, like, I can't believe they got him for... Like, how many times this year are we going to say, I can't believe the Chiefs got him for $4 million? Like, it's just absurd. And I don't know what kind of, you know, money he's going to garner because the linebacker position is so weird with how they pay people. And, like, I don't... He's not getting a Roquan or a Fred Warner contract. And the middle class for linebackers isn't super strong. But goodness gracious, he is... He's been awesome. And I just, it's a great problem to have. Willie Gay's not, I mean, yeah, Willie, you know, Willie Gay's had his struggles. Uh, I don't want to see the familiarity of Willie Gay over, overreaching into Drew Tranquil's opportunities in any way, shape, or form. I don't, based on the Leo Chanel usage <laughs> over the past couple yeah. of weeks, I don't know that that's going to be like, I feel like maybe he's a little bit of the odd man out right now, which sucks for Willie, but that's that's how it goes. You know, if you've got yeah. three guys that are playing that much better than you, then hey, that's the you you gotta roll with it there. But so I I mean this I don't isn't know. losing snaps to Darius Harris, right? Like this no. is <laughs> this isn't losing snaps to, to Ben Neiman. This is this is losing snaps to guys that deserve to be playing starter reps for a linebacker. And the issue that Willie Gay has run into with this team is that Nick Bolton and Drew Tranquil, I think, are definitely playing better football or, you know, have been better linebackers than him. And what they need from that third linebacker, Leo Chanel, has probably just been doing better more consistently. The thing that Willie Gay does better than everybody else is be more athletic, and he makes some of the flashiest plays in coverage out of any of the guys you're going to see. The problem is for every one of those super flashy plays in coverage, you get him late reacting to a leak out in the flat. You get him late to ID something that is coming into his zone. Like, they're not big issues, right? I don't want to say Willie Gay's been bad. They're not big issues. It's just 
for every one of those flash plays that nobody else can do that he can, you get stuff that he messes up that they might not because they just seem to see the game a little bit better. And it seems like, I think we've kind of noticed a little bit of a trend, you know, heavy personnel, under center teams, guys, teams that give more bodies for Willie DeGay to have to decipher and work through, he seems to operate, you know, the slowest. He seems to process that the slowest when you're talking about your thumping linebacker, right? Like the guy that's the biggest guy that's going to take on the point of attack. He can't be going slower when you add extra fullbacks or extra tight ends into the play. So I just kind of think that's that's how we're getting to this point to where he's probably the fourth linebacker in the rotation. All right, it is stickers, slaps, and spirits time. We're going to be handing out stickers, slaps, and spirits, and you guys on the chat get to uh, get a game ball, give a game ball out. So, uh, yeah, let's get it started. Helmet sticker goes out to Travis Kelsey for breaking the trend on the Taylor Swift ratios uh, and splits. (laughs) Uh, good job on him. Very productive game. Congratulations to him. Helmet sticker to Travis Kelsey. Blood slap and a good job, Matt. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Quadman Zulaire. And this is going to be crazy for a guy that had three carries for five yards. But guess what? Clyde had two really good runs. They were called back by holding penalties. Not one, but two. The best two runs of this football game from Chiefs players, outside of Josh Jacobs' long touchdown run, actually, the best two runs in the entire game might be Clyde, Clyde edwards Elaire's two runs that were called back by holding penalties. One was an outside run to the right. One was an inside run where he brought in his newfound weight, threw it around, bullied some Raiders, and drove them down the field to get the ball inside like the three-yard line. Like I thought Clyde's been running really good lately. He looks thicker. He looks more powerful. I think that fits actually what, you know, he lost athleticism with the hip injury as a rookie. I think being more powerful is helpful for him. He was running the ball very well. He didn't blanketly miss any pass protection details. I mean, he's not Jared McKinnon, but I think he's a little bit more reliable finding the target than Isaiah Pacheco is, so I think that's noteworthy. I thought Clyde played a decent game in Spell of Jet, and it's unfortunate that his two best plays got taken back by... I mean, one was a bad penalty call, and one was Juwan Taylor making a silly hold. All right. Whole ass bottle of Ben Holiday bourbon goes to Andy Reid for becoming the franchise leader in wins for a head coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. And yes, that's right. He's still the franchise leader for the Philadelphia Eagles. Two franchises. He is the top of the heap of both of them. And frankly, the top of the heap of the NFL right now. Like he's just the guy. There's going to always be the Bill Belichick, you know, the conversation around him. Andy Reid going to two different places, having the success that he has, having the quality of not just offense, but teams. You know, it's not just like, oh, okay, they're all offense, they're scoring all these points, losing all these games, you know, 50 to 49 or whatever the case may be. He's had a couple of those. But he builds quality football teams. He builds quality people that come out of that. Every single one of the players that come out of his organization talk about how much he means to them how much you know pride that they had for playing for him. He's now had that effect on two separate franchises. I'm a little sad he didn't get it against the Eagles last week, but take one. In Vegas with the Chiefs, you know, westward home with Andy Reid being top of the heat. Bill's done nothing without Tom. 
Just saying. Rasheed Rice is getting the uh, game ball from the chat. And deservedly so. First 100-yard game of his career. I believe Craig, uh, first 100-yard game for a Chiefs receiver since Juju Smith-Schuster in week seven? Regular season. Yes. Regular season. 21 straight games that the Chiefs had not had a wide receiver that went over 100 yards. The streak is broken. Rasheed Rice gets the game ball. That is going to do it for this episode of the Casey Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening, watching, supporting us here. We really, really do genuinely appreciate all of your support. Please consider supporting the Soul of Casey raffle. We love you. We'll catch you later. Shout out to Menahue for his coverage on Adams, too. Locked out. Move over, Sneed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.